In the wrestling world, the people are represented by two separate but unequally important groups. The wrestlers and bookers, who literally do all the hard work, and the fans, who endlessly nitpick and overanalyze everything they do. These are their stories. Welcome to Raw and Order, the wrestling booking unit, the only wrestling podcast on the planet that's here for the facts. Just the facts, ma'am. I am your host, Detective Mark Smarks, and I'm joined by my partner in crime fighting, D.A. Vincent K. Fabe. What's going on, man? How are you? No. I'm disappointed. That's what I'm, I'm happy and disappointed at the same time. And we'll get into that because it's a crime show. So, yeah. D- disappointed? Yeah. What? But I am so, happy. Your regular self didn't. I didn't say a dis- disappointment. Oh, wait. Hold, hold on. Yeah, you you are kind of a disappointment, but that's okay. Also My joining us. I told you that a lot when I was a kid. Yeah, your mom was right. I mean, wrong. I mean, uh, oh, geez, that gets me in trouble. Um, also joining that us. In trouble. Your mom, your wife's going to be pissed. <laughs> she is. Uh, this this podcast has been the worst idea in the world. <laughs> um, no. Also joining us, our brother from up north, RCMP JLB. What's going on? It goes on and on and on. I am still hand washing. I am still social distancing. I am still here, uh, you know, isolating myself. And um, yeah, man, it's going good. Can't complain. And uh, I am very sad to hear that uh, Mr. Kayfabe is disappointed. But uh, I would agree with him this time around to an extent. To an extent. We'll uh, but we also. Yep. yep. So, out of curiosity, were you not hand washing before COVID nineteen? Yeah, you're kind of supposed to do that all the time. Like I know, but you're supposed to shower. Can I shower now? I've been hand washing. I've been washing my hands this whole time. Didn't. Yeah, dude. Yeah, yeah. You can now. <laughs> well, you, you can also hand wash your whole body. <laughs> Uh, no, I don't. It's just it's my go-to, guys. I like to say it. I've always, to be fair, I've always I've been washing my hands as I usually do mm-hmm. uh, before mm-hmm. COVID since I was like maybe five or six. So I am good. I am good. I've been doing it. I just like to remind everybody to do so, but I don't want to put any pressure on them. So I say that I am still doing it, thus creating a false yeah. sense of psychology there. Thank you, thank that you. That way, if they want to be douchebags and not wash their hands, it's okay. Wash yeah. your freaking hands. It's gross. Wash your hands, people. Yeah. Y'all nasty. Nasty. Y'all nasty. So, I'd like to remind everyone that Raw and Order WBU is part of the Tatnus Co. Podcast Network. So, once you are done listening to this and liking, sharing, and subscribing and all that good stuff, why not head on over to tatnusco.com and check out the other shows in the network like Tatnus Podcast Uncensored, Chicken Hen with S&M, In the Dice Box Slam featuring Nyla Rose, and Basement Bullshit and Carpool Shenanigans, a bunch of great shows. So you can head over there, listen to those, and then come on back here. Do it. Do it. Are we? What are you waiting for? Do it. I'm, and this is, this is, this is insensitively trying to in, interject humor into a very serious situation, but should we be concerned at all being cops and all? Well, I mean, we're not beat cops and, you know, we're not a cop. So 
Okay. Uh, okay. Shop.spreadshirt.com slash Ron Order WBU. Fake wrestling cops don't have to worry about this. Well, yeah. They tend not to deploy us on any of uh, those. Um, Okay. At one point, I was a fake wrestling beat cop, and then maybe, but now I'm a fake wrestling detective. Yeah. And we don't tend to go out on these t- sorts of calls. Yeah. Oof. <laughs> I'm, a, so, I'm a fake wrestling DA, so if we did have to go out on these types of calls, I'd be fake wrestling busy. Yes, you would be. You would be busy <laughs> filing fake wrestling charges on fake wrestling protesters. Wait, we're about to file some fake wrestling charges. We are indeed. In fact, that actually so gets us a pretty good segue to my first crime, so I'll probably just start it off. Uh, okay, go for it. Because I am charging all of pro wrestling that's currently producing uh, for being that little bit of light in a very, very dark world right now. Um, all of the pro wrestling that aired this week had its ups and downs. None of them were perfect. I think, like, I gave uh, AEW a, a good score of, like, 8.75, um, which was good, but there were still bad parts to it. Um, and there were definitely bad parts to SmackDown, and there were definitely bad parts to, you know, all of them. None of them were perfect this week, but every single one of them no. was you fun to watch. squash matches... NXT was a was a ten without the two squash matches. I'm just saying. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, there 9.9. Yeah, um, but there were two squash matches. But my point still being, even with those, even with the bad in AEW, the bad in WWE Raw, the bad in SmackDown, which we may or may not talk about later, um, all of that still was was better than what's going on in the world today. And um, uh, if you are a foreign listener and not uh, in the States or in North America, uh, you might not be as keenly aware, although I'm sure all over the world they're talking about it. But uh, America's kind of on fire right now um, in in a proverbial sense. There is a lot of unrest going on. And in some real semblances, yes. Um, that there there is a a shitstorm going on right now, and this show we try to keep it light and we try to not uh, focus too much on the dark of the world, um, especially since last week we had to focus a bit on the passing of a couple um, well-known wrestlers. This week, uh, until today, when we're recording this, uh, uh, JLB and I were just mentioning it uh, a bit, but we really don't have a whole lot of information. A a certain uh, GCW independent wrestler did just die today, and I don't know any of the details on it. I don't know. I know he was still pretty young. So, But outside of that, we've got a lot of racial tension going on in America um, and a lot of protesting and rioting and even looting. And, uh, you know, the city that I live in, in the middle of America's heartland, you know, corn country, cow country, a, a 22-year-old black man was shot yesterday uh, during sick. the protesting, you know, um, and it's it's been happening around America. And we I don't want to focus too much on it because no, you no. can come here. It helps. Yeah. You didn't come here to hear us talk about the politics that are going on. Uh, you've, you've probably, if you're in America, you've been embroiled in it. It's probably been one of your number one topics of conversation amongst people. 
Um, and and this is this is about wrestling, which is a distraction. It's an escape. And this week, wrestling was very very well needed. Um, I think all of our um, all of our review podcasts were late this week, and I think a lot of it was with all the stuff going on, not just in in the very very public uh, stuff there, but personal stuff going on in our lives. This week was a, was a whole lot to take in, and uh, wrestling was was a great little oasis for all of us uh, um, amongst, um, with the exception of Matt Riddle. Hey, you're not gonna have to deal with Matt Riddle. We'll talk about it. <laughs> but I agree. Uh, it, it's been, you know, one of the things sometimes um, our tagline is, uh, you know, the fake re- or real pro wrestling fake cops. Um, and we endlessly nitpick and things like that. Um, God bless that we all have all, all of us and, and all of our listeners have this passion for um, a form of entertainment that that produces 20 hours a week minimum, you know, of, of entertainment to, to get away from the horrible things in life. I mean, um, as, as you guys know, and I, and I don't have a problem with the jury knowing, uh, my mother's having some uh, tests done right now. And so, you know, it's uh, it was an escape for me this week and I had a hell of a week. Um, so those were those were gifts on top of I don't have to sit and watch um, the news about all the negative in the world uh, and I can try and be the positive that I that I can influence in this world um, and I think wrestling's doing a good job of trying to be the positive that they can influence um, you know uh, it, it would probably be a lot different if we hadn't just ended a pandemic they would probably be going to a town and canceling a show um, so little blessings even though even though COVID has been a nightmare even though um, the racial tensions right now are a nightmare um, you know little blessing that those happened in sequence and our escapes um, our escapes are still getting to happen and we can still get away and and, uh, and see I don't want to say some of the good in the world because some of the wrestling's really bad right now, but the good in the world. So, um, you know, and, and that is, that is definitely a small blessing right now. So I, uh, I don't even know if this has to go to jury. I think, I think the wrestling can plead. Yeah. We'll try to be an escape for you. Uh, and I think wrestling would probably plead guilty. And that's kind of um, my whole thought process on it. I'm offering Plus, a plea bargain all of pro wrestling. <laughs> yeah. So, so, so that's yeah. That's that's basically my feeling on it. I mean, Wednesday night I came home from work, knowing what happened Monday, knowing what was coming. You know, you could see you could see it coming. Uh, the the protesting hadn't started yet, really, but you could tell it was coming, and and you could tell that there was a a large section of America in mourning um and and hurt and being able to turn on wrestling and and watch AEW and watch uh a, a fight a battle royal with Jungle Boy coming out victorious in the end winning a shot at that TNT championship next week you know this this small victory that let you escape what was going on in the real world you know being able to watch the debut of FTR on AEW them showing up in their classic truck and coming in and beating the tar out of Butcher and Blade and and head to head with with uh the 
the young bucks and and teasing that eventual battle you know there was so much fun to be had and and that's just talking aew but even even raw was entertaining um it had its ups and downs it had it has probably more downs than ups the flag is like, we're going to get wrestling. I love that you said, even it was good. <laughs> no, 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 look, look, we're going to get negative, but at the same time, how cool is it that we at least have fans? There is that pe- plexiglass there, or fans, NXT trainees. But regardless, it still adds a little something, something um, to it as well. Uh, you know, at least there is that. We are getting some kind of normalcy back into wrestling there in that regard. We're seeing people, we're hearing chanting. And I think with still some of the bad that's happening, it's still definitely helping the product. Yeah, and and like I say, it's it's all about escapism. Now, you know, I could I could go on uh, and complain that you know Brian Cage's debut at Double or Nothing uh, was hampered by the fact that there wasn't a real crowd there. Can you imagine the pop that would have happened when he came out for that that uh, ladder match? You know, and and then won it. It would have been huge with the crowd there. We didn't People get have notes though. Hmm? Those who would, would people have known him? Those who went to AEW? I think there are enough that would have. I think AEW's fans as a whole tends to be as a group, as a gen, gen, generalization. Yeah, as a generalization. Um, t- <laughs> tends to be a little bit more well versed in the indie scene and things like Lucha Underground. And, and he was world champion in Impact Wrestling. So I think they're more likely if he showed up on WWE, I think the pop wouldn't have been quite as because he wasn't he wasn't to the level of an AJ Styles in Impact. You know, right. he, he hadn't been there long enough to develop that sort of. But it's still, I think Cross got quite the pop, even though he's not a big name. Cross got got, got a really big pop. But he, I mean, here's the deal is once again, it was a pop in a small, no crowd uh, yeah. arena. And, and and they gave an him they gave him the probably one of the best debut entrances I've ever seen. Um, but that's the I could try to nitpick all of this stuff. But here's what it comes down to: is all of this stuff happened on a uh, on a week where our real world is in flames. You know, I go into my job every morning right now, not knowing if I'm going to arrive there and all the windows are broken out and all the stuff stolen. Right. Um, I, I have to close up early and lock things up even more than I normally do now because we're, we've got a curfew and I have to be all the way home before a certain time, you know, on the nights. And, and these, these are all things that help me appreciate how special wrestling is, how great this escapism is for, like you say, you know, 10 to 20 hours a week, right? Yeah. Um, and that's why I, I'm charging all of them, and that's that's all of them that are producing right now specifically. Uh, so that'd be AEW, WWE, NXT, and Impact Wrestling. Of course, Ring of Honor and uh, New Japan are not currently producing. Although Ring of Honor is probably getting close to starting producing some shows again. Um, they're gonna, of course, empty arena shows, much like d- WWE and AEW does. Uh, New Japan has basically announced that they're not going to start doing shows until crowds can be present again. Um, so we're not going to be seeing any of that for a while. But, it's going to be a while. Yeah. But but e- even without New Japan 
uh, even without Ring of Honor right now, we still get to turn on our TVs for, you know, three hours on Monday night, up to four hours on Wednesday night, two hours on Tuesday night if you're an Impact Wrestling fan, hour and a half if you watch AEW Dark on YouTube, um, two hours of SmackDown on uh, Friday, um, not to mention an hour of 205 Live if you want to turn that on. Um you know, there's a whole lot of, of wrestling that you can watch right now and escape from the shit show of the world. And I want to applaud them. I want them to understand how much we appreciate being able to see what they do. I do also want to send out just kind of a tangential charge to to the wrestling communities on social media. Uh, the, the ones, active wrestlers who might not be wrestling currently, on shows the independent wrestlers like david star rj city um who who still have an active twitter presence and and even if you know david star doesn't talk about wrestling itself he doesn't he doesn't do his twitter in character so much but he's still actively out there and actively talking he uh rj rj city released a wonderful promo uh this week about he was putting together a master class on professional wrestling and i know neither of you probably saw it yet i'll i'll send you guys the link to it because it is hilarious um i think i really do think rj city is is the next maybe the next orange cassidy that next independent star to get discovered and and made big he's mostly plays a heel character but he is he is awesome and hilarious so anyways and so you know we've got a lot of those the people who aren't actively able to wrestle but are still entertaining still conversing with their fans online so well matt cardova mm-hmm. doing it doing his jab at uh at uh, um, Robert, Robert Stone. Stone. Yeah. yeah, that was hilarious. I thought that was pretty funny too. Yeah. So, so anyways, that that's my charge. I I mostly just want to say thank you to to everyone out there who's still performing, still putting on a show, still entertaining fans uh, during during the pandemic, and then now during what we've got going on right now. Um, Agreed. Uh, yep, on that, go ahead. No, I was just going to say at the same time though. Um, it is needed, um, you know, for that escapism, but also, um, you know, not to also not mention that you should really be interactive into what is going on. It's good to have that escape, but it's also good to have your voice heard on to, you know, what is happening uh, in the States and really all around the world uh, oh, yeah. in that and, regard. And, and that's what, you know, I... I want to point out that this charge specifically is for their on-air, on-screen persona performing. Um, but most of the wrestlers that I uh, follow and respect have have let their voices be heard in regards to what's going on in the world. Um, and And most of them are on the side of justice, on the side of getting to the heart of this matter. Um, there have been a few of them that have been more problematic, but I won't name names. I'm not going to out anyone on oh, this. I am super curious as to who you're referring to because I will rat them out on Twitter, no problem. Oh no, don't worry. He's not even worth your time. Is this Trust Jim Cornette? Is this- no, it is. <laughs> it is not Jim Cornette. Although I will point out, we talked about Jim Cornette having a absolute uh, hissy fit about. Uh, 
double or nothing during our review last week how we expected mm. him to and true to his word uh he did he did not like it at all on <laughs> uh, and I, i'll look up the link to it but we will move on now to crime number two who wants to go next yep i will absolutely go because I don't like a character that was just named the face of SmackDown. It sounds as though we're going to have Matt Riddle be the face of the company. <sighs> Sorry. Mad, bro? You mad, bro? Furious, on, bro, man. Bro. It's totally Number okay, one. man. I had a little bit of a rant on the NXT review about this. Number one, you're not the original bro. There's other bros that came when you were a baby. He's not the original bro. The original bro. Did someone actually else call himself the original bro? No. He called himself the bro, broski, before Matt Riddle was even thinking about MMA or wrestling. Who are you referring to, though? Who called himself the bro? Zack Ryder, broski. The thousand dollar broski. Oh, true. Fair. So, yeah. Not happy. Gatorade. That's just. I told you, man. Gatorade is just beside. You could easily just pick up the Gatorade instead of sipping on that bro haterade. Uh, it's just, 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 just put your left hand to five centimeters to the left, and there you go. You, you have sound your like a buffoon right now. No, <laughs> that riddle is sucky. Absolutely not. No, just no. I love him as a performer. Love him as a performer. Hate him as a character. But he my, works. my only my only take on him is I'm just really waiting for someone to really f up his feet by stepping on him in their boots because he wrestles barefoot, and I think that that is just an accident waiting to happen. I'm he surprised was. that never happens though. Yeah, it did. It did. Two weeks ago. Oh. Used it as part of a way to get out of a hold. Uh, Storyline. Boom. Hit it. I, I'm waiting for it to a shoot happen though. Someone comes down wrong on his it just totally caves yeah. in his his arch and now he's after. Bro. Anyway, he put on a stellar match, but I don't understand how you can make how you can make just just the, the this very, very chill laid back guy. The spokesman for the company. But where does it mention that he's literally going to be the face of SmackDown? It just mentions he's coming. He said it on commentary. A new face, the new face of SmackDown, Matt Riddle. Yeah, but that doesn't necessarily mean, I don't know, like, he's just, he's going to be, like, he's not, it's the new face of SmackDown. In fact, the face of SmackDown is always the world champion, in my opinion. Well, and in fairness, they said the new face on SmackDown, not necessarily the face of SmackDown. So, uh, it, especially that. since they're they're obviously building up uh, Jeff Hardy to be uh, a major contender in in this run too. Again, what are you so. talking about? Jeff Hardy is is a is a. They're emphasizing his past transgressions. They are, and he, and it's going to be the storyline of him overcoming them. That's this it. Is, this you, is a triumph storyline. Did you also realize what happened at the end, though? Mm-hmm. That he came back, yeah. We, we, still back. Have, we still don't have a name for him, or for a name for who did it. Right, but we know Sheamus was, had to have been involved, for sure. For sure, for sure. That's what I took from the end of SmackDown. Braun Strowman was on the scene. Yeah, I don't think Braun Strowman's getting involved or, in that. Or it's, was it Brain Strowman? 
Ooh. Wow. That's a dead. It was Braun, or it was Sheamus, with the Honda Civic for the Intercontinental title. Sheamus, <laughs> the billiard room with the Honda Civic. <laughs> <laughs> Let's make that. I am making a banner with that. The SmackDown Clue edition. Let's do it. <laughs> uh, no, I, I knew you wouldn't be. Well, I knew you wouldn't be happy with him becoming the face of SmackDown. But at the same point, you I'm did the NXT review. Like, like, I can actually kind of avoid him. And I offered to do the SmackDown review at one point this week. And I'm so glad I didn't do it because I'd have just been infuriated that I was forced to watch him twice in one week. I mean, I definitely still do it. So by all means, if you do want to still do it, you abs. I'm sorry, guys. I've been really busy. Now I started school. No excuses, though. Now I've started school, been studying a hot minute. Uh, Finally got my raw review up after like five days. My bad. Um, But uh... (laughs) it's okay. It took me forever, too. Yeah. Um, but we have I mean, about it behind scenes, y'all. If you want to hear about it, hit me up on Twitter. <laughs> Get the insights. I won't read the tweet. That's okay. <laughs> no, I agree. Like, I, I don't hate Matt Riddle like you do. I think he's entertaining. I get a kick out of his. I mean, he really leans into the character. I love of... his matches. Love his matches. I just, the character just makes my skin crawl. I there so so in in our non kayfabe lives in our real life, there's a guy that Smarks and I have both worked with in the past who is one of the most naturally talented people on the planet. Smarks, I got a story for you after the show, by the way, about him. Um, one of the most naturally talented overall people on the planet, and the one it, who's it, moving back to our hometown. Oh, okay. So you know. Okay. So I know a bit about it, but we'll talk more about it after. Okay. So anyway, um, I'm going to try and get him on the show. Next episode of the Gossip Girls. So anyway. Gossip Guys, thank you very much. And Smarks would agree with me, and this guy knows it too. The, my biggest frustration with this person is that he's he was capable, it was and is capable of... of being better than a lot of people who work really hard without doing any effort to it at all. And it just frustrates the crowd. It, it's it's the uh, best example I can think of is basketball. So in basketball, you have the Allen Iverson lovers, and then you have the Jordan lovers. The reason Jordan was the GOAT, whether or not you believe he was the GOAT, the reason he's part of the conversation for being the GOAT is because he'd work his tail off. Matt Riddle's character is a guy who would not work his tail off. So he's this incredibly talented guy who just doesn't want to do anything. And I get that it works with Orange Cassidy, but for some reason it doesn't work because Orange Cassidy actually makes it that way in the ring. Like, I'm going to do the bare minimum to beat you in the ring, too. Matt Riddle is, I'm super talented, and so I can beat you. And it just, it's so frustrating. But Matt Riddle also loses, too, no? So it's not like, you know, it's not like he's just winning all the time and he's the perfect guy and so on he's just good because that's in fact he lost on nxt i know he's happy but he's so yeah he lost and gets promoted i wish i could get promoted every time i lose i'd be running a stop place someplace you'd be a president (laughs) yes oh snap unfortunately i just get let go but that's another problem altogether let's move on (laughs) 
So anyhow, uh, my prime is to WWE for I don't know, just pissing me off. But <laughs> but but that but match. They gave, they gave me a gift wrapped gift of one of those like a like a oh there's too much wind here. Hold on. They gave me a gift, completely gift wrapped, of Matt Riddle that not being on what you do with gift. And it was it was a jack in the box. And when I opened the gift, finally, there he is on SmackDown, just jumping out of the box and punching me in the face and knocking out two of my teeth, Bro. in an epic showy way. And it pissed me off. So that's, that's what, what I'm surprised with, um, before we get off the bro. Um, what I'm surprised with is just apparently all the backlash he's been getting with, you know, with Goldberg. Apparently there's a lot of people that don't like him backstage and so on. And then, you know, this was what, maybe a few, like five, four or five, six months ago, we've been hearing about that. And then, then this guy gets pushed up, I guess, if you want to call it, to the SmackDown brand. It's on Fox now and so on. So it's a push up, if you will. Um, and I'm just kind of curious, and that's what made me kind of think, was it all just kind of a work with the whole feud between him and Goldberg kind of thing, them not liking each other, uh, him using the spear and whatever, like, was it all just kind of a ploy to make him like the underdog, or is that absolutely giving not a doubt in my mind credits not a doubt in my mind this, he has been brought up to face goldberg i don't think it was a work i think he had legitimate heat with goldberg more specifically matt riddle has a long history of doing what he wants regardless of the consequences um however i think wwe spotted an opportunity uh much like they spotted an opportunity with uh drake maverick uh, a way to capitalize on this and try to build intrigue, and so yes, I I 100% think he's brought up brought up to eventually face Gore. Yes, I do not think that was the plan the whole time. In fact, if anything, this shows that Matt Riddle may be smarter than we give him credit for, knowing that if he creates actual heat with Goldberg, that eventually they will see that as a as a marketing opportunity and move him up for it. And he was right. But then again, you also waited too long, too. I mean, yes, you could still do it. People are still going to remember. Sure, cool story. But if you were going to do that, bro, uh, if you were going to do that, you would have done that essentially when Goldberg and him met backstage and then maybe like a month later, when Goldberg was there, when he was the champion or, you know, when he lost at Mania, you had then him come um to do something and so on goldberg's nowhere to be seen now so i don't know how that is also the cause either i don't get it like i it just so that's why i think yes it's a work because if he was hated so much how come he is getting that push does it have anything to do with the pandemic but your your own logic is why i will say it is not a work because if it was a work, they would have capitalized on it at those times when when Goldberg was still here, was still doing stuff, all of that. The fact that they didn't at that time means that they reacted at that time with, oh, crap, we got to separate them. We got to keep them apart because, because this could turn bad. And then it was only later that someone said, you know what? We could use that to our advantage. So 
No, I'm 100% certain that it's leading up to it. But what they're going to do is uh, they're going to, first of all, they're going to let Goldberg cool off a bit because Goldberg himself is a pretty hot-headed guy. He does not take to disrespect very well. Did he comment on this by any chance? I doubt it. I don't know if he specifically talked about it, but we know from his history that when he uh, feels disrespected in the locker room, he does not take it well. Um, he's he's very big on respect. He's very big on on being the man and people knowing it. So they got to give him a little bit of time for his, his hackles to come down a bit before they can go to him and pitch, hey, here here's what we want to do. We want to have you in a match with Matt Riddle. On top of it, they've got to approach it very delicately because if they're really trying to build Matt Riddle as a future star, Matt Riddle's got to win that match. And Goldberg does not like losing. Mm-hmm. Um, and as evidenced by the fact that we have not seen hide nor hair of Goldberg since he lost the belt to Braun Strowman. He didn't come on the next day and be like, Braun Strowman got lucky or even Braun Strowman beat me fair and square. He lost the belt and then just effed off, right? Uh, and all reports say that he was he was absolutely pissed when he was told he was going to lose to Braun Strowman. Um, and so they're waiting for him to cool down a bit, waiting for the perfect opportunity for them to have that final grudge match. I would not be surprised if it wasn't at a Saudi Arabia show, you know? Mm. The, the King of Bros versus the, the machine Goldberg. Matt Riddle on uh, Twitter, right? Um, yeah, he doesn't tweet a whole bunch, I don't think, but he's on there. I am currently adding Goldberg, and I'm asking him what he thinks about Matt Riddle being the face of SmackDown. Yeah, it was nice knowing you, bro. <laughs> but I can't... Yeah. Oh, I should put bro. <laughs> nah, to be perfectly honest, I bet you Goldberg doesn't even respond to you. Oh, no. <laughs> or, or just writes it off. I mean, I, he's... Yeah, I say nice knowing you, but in reality, Goldberg's just going to be like, man, what's this drone? I'm gone. Hey, Hogan has tweeted me before, okay? So maybe I'll get a tweet from Goldberg. Yep, yep. Hold your breath on that. (laughs) We'll see. But don't hold it for too long because I think it's time for us to move on to crime number three, which I believe is your turn. Mm. Well played. Nice segue. Well done. Um... I am going to charge a crime to either Live Morgan or the people booking Live Morgan and getting her to do what she's doing. This whole live reality in her promos every week. At first, it was cool, whatever, all right. But then just keeps doing it live your best life and so on i understand it but she's just not strong at doing edited promos which makes it even worse and i don't know what their deal is um by doing this um maybe they don't know what to do with her so they're just doing filler kind of thing um but i'm thinking it's diminishing her pop that she had when she even faced let's say charlotte a few weeks back you know what i mean we're like okay she's getting a kind of a push she's facing charlotte and then they just kind of made her like she beat um ruby riot and so they were doing something and then they go and put her on promo videos for the next several weeks and i'm just like how do you destroy her momentum that way? And so I charge either the WWE, the WWE booking team, or Live Morgan herself for uh, thinking of doing these promos because I feel that it is killing her hype 
that she somewhat had before when she was at least facing Charlotte and Ruby Riot and getting somewhat of a better push um, and just charge them for squashing her again because I feel that the promos aren't shedding her in the best light although I appreciate the positive vibes and messages I don't think that it's doing necessarily anything for her character um I think I think you hit the nail on the head uh with them just not having anything for her um reports have it when she came back at um the the Lana um Bobby Lashley wedding thing and and did the whole but lana you and i had a thing angle that that was 100 percent like made up that day that they had no plans for her but someone was just like hey yo we've got Liv morgan back from from injury not injury but from reworking herself she can do this how how about we just have her go out and start a lesbian angle and like oh okay let's do that it'll get a fun pop and that's why they basically didn't follow up on it ever after. Like one episode later, they had a fight and then it was just gone because they they literally had no plan for that. And I think really then they were like, well, crap, we brought her back. Now we've got to keep using her. So every week it's just let's write something for her because we have to use her. Um, I think uh, some of it is a very very clear sign that they don't have enough women in the writers room because they cannot write a woman's promo convincingly the only women who deliver convincing promos on wwe are the ones who are given enough freedom to write their own promos like charlotte you know uh and and i think that's a perfect example of why these promos with Liv morgan are are failing because they're written by people who don't know how to write a female voice. But at the same time, I'm I'm curious to see who wrote, uh, who actually wrote Nikki Cross's promo. Because wow, was I not expecting that? That was an amazing promo that she did against the Iconics. And like, if that was her doing, kudos. That was awesome. Although she has a pretty heavy uh, Scottish accent. Um, I still was able to uh, understand it, um, but well, uh, what I find fun with Nikki Cross is the angrier she gets, the Scottisher she gets. Um, <laughs> I think so, that's a thing, though. <laughs> and so uh, it's really. I think I think Nikki's been working really heavily with Alexa Bliss, who is one of the few people WWE uh, women specifically, but people in in a whole that WWE kind of trusts to uh, do their own promos for the most part like alexa bliss they trust her well enough to give her bullet points and say you work out what you want to say um charlotte's the same becky's i'm sure the same uh and so i think that's playing into it that nikki cross is getting getting a little of that alexa bliss uh rub there um and and just a a preview for later in the episode alexa bliss will come up again later in the episode so Oh, you know, um, but yeah, no, I mean, I agree that the, the Liv Morgan just just to me reeks of lack of direction. Like they really don't know what they want to do with her right now. And so they're just like, oh, we'll write another promo. It's kind of the same thing with the Smackdown hacker um, who suddenly has start like after months of uh, showing this where he was hacking only Smackdown stars all of a sudden. Some Raw stars have started to show up in his hacking. 
Uh, I'm convinced as of now that they they don't have actually a plan for who the hacker is. They just think it's cool to have a hacker and then eventually now, release I, someone. I know I do the Raw and SmackDown reviews, but I don't recall even mentioning the hack. When was the hacker video done? Um, I think that they, they aired it like right at the beginning of SmackDown or something. I, I've only seen clips of it because once again, we're going to go back to the whole, I don't get Fox all of a sudden. And so I have to wait until the replay of SmackDown on Fox sports net and then DVR it and watch it later. Mm. So as of right now, I haven't watched all of SmackDown, but I know that they played one, uh, at some point on SmackDown and you didn't though. I don't recall even seeing it on SmackDown. It, it it was it was a very uh, it was a shorter one. I'm trying to remember all what at all. But the big thing that came out of it was, you know, in the clips of the truth is out there or the truth is coming or whatever his his uh, saying is because I think her. It was, or her, I guess. Yeah, we can't rule that out. But um, in those clips, Jesus. there were a few raw superstars right. uh, on that as well. So, but. I think I, I'm convinced that these are both examples of them not knowing, not having an overall plan for it. And and I will give them at least one, one lifeboat, one get out of jail free on this in the fact that some of this might just be um, the after effects of uh, COVID-19. The fact that they've got a fair amount of wrestlers who are not either able to or choosing to not show up to the tapings uh, might be forcing them to extend storylines longer than they were originally planning to, if only just to fill time. Mm. So so I I will throw them that particular lifeline on this, but but in reality, this is this is really a, a case of them not knowing how to write Liv Morgan. And I I really wish I could just have a sit-down meeting with Liv Morgan and ask her if this new character was her idea or if she liked the old Riot Girl character and someone else came and said we need to change. Because in reality, I think her character before the change was better. I think it fit her a little bit better. It was more entertaining to watch. I do like the wrestling that they given her. Her new like bounce flatliner off the ropes is is really actually a fun move to watch and it's it's really cool that they gave her that but you know she was so colorful and bright and and fun to watch and now she comes out in dark colors and and her hair is kind of a kind of a plain platinum blonde now instead of the colorful hair and she doesn't have the blue tongue anymore you know um and i feel like she just lost a little bit of her pizzazz when they repackaged her and and I don't know I I just have a feeling that she wasn't the catalyst in that change that someone else came and said it's not working we need to change you mm. but I think I on uh, under the same token I do believe that she was there's a raw there's a raw materials aspect to that too um pardon the pun but there's a raw materials aspect to that too uh, in terms of you know you, you she she's I did not expect to see the Riot Squad, um, any of the characters of the Riot Squad, be something without Ruby Riot and the Riot Squad. And she's proven that she's a character of, of cont- content and value. Um, so I think there's a, there's something to be said for that as well. Mm-hmm. So, well, I mean, I, I saw a lot of potential in her as one of the Riot Girls. 
Yeah. Um, and and so to get give her at least something outside of but it's like they they started the Ruby Riot feud and ended the Ruby Riot feud in like three weeks. And yeah. and that's really the sort of storyline if they want to tell the story of her breaking free and becoming her own woman, then that should be carried on for weeks, right? And frankly, it should be carried on for weeks, including her other Riot Squad cohort, Sarah Logan. Um, that that I mean, that can only be carried on for so many weeks. Yeah. Unfortunately. Yeah. Specifically, ninety days worth. Of Less than that now. Less than that now, exactly. Um, or, or I don't know, maybe don't release her in the first place. Or when you did, since you're gonna still use her. Use her in a conversation um, that, you know, has, again, that elevation of moving on to be your own woman by moving on to the to other things in life, you know? But, but then they have to run with their fear of she might go somewhere else. She's empowered woman being her own woman that went somewhere else. Well, uh, that can't be okay. And that would not just be woman. That'd be man. That'd be anybody because... You know, not with us. You suck now. Yep, pretty much. But so, so I mean, that's the deal. Is they could have told this really good storyline of her breaking free from the Riot Squad. Now, in reality, the best part of that storyline would have been if they hadn't broken up the Riot Squad needlessly a year ago. Right. Yeah. Where it's like, oh, uh, all the members of the Riot Squad go separate ways. No reasons. We just put them on separate shows. Bye. Um, yeah. Uh, Downside you know, to the draft, sometimes you break apart a faction that still kind of sort of needs each other. Well, and the thing is, they broke them apart needlessly. Like, there there wasn't a storyline to them breaking up. They didn't even, like, officially draft them on the show, right? It was one of those things where after the show, they said, Oh, and by the way, Liv Morgan goes to Raw, but, but Sarah Logan goes to SmackDown, and Ruby Wright's injured, so she's out. You know, and build it into a storyline. Put put Ruby, uh, put Sarah Logan and Liv Morgan together, um, holding down the fort while while Ruby Riot's out injured, and have them maybe slow build some tension between them. That Ruby Riot not being there uh, really was hurting them. That they they couldn't get along very well. And then when Ruby Riot finally comes back, you look like the Riot Squad's reunited. Everything's great, um, but but things are still burning, simmering in the background. And eventually, you have uh, Liv Morgan turn on the Riot Squad, or the Riot Squad turn on Liv Morgan. Uh, probably makes more sense to do it that way if they want them to be the heels in the storyline. Um, and then you have Liv Morgan's, uh, uh, you know, rise, ascendance to to freedom from the riot squad and her finally beating the other people and, and getting away from that situation. That's a storyline that they could have done, but they didn't do it. They just broke them up needlessly, sent them to different things and then reunited them for one night, had uh, them all three in the ring and then Ruby Wright beat them both up. If I'm remembering correctly um, and then left and then, uh, Oh, then we fire Sarah Logan uh, and then we have uh, Ruby Riot lose to Liv Morgan twice, and then the storyline's over. <laughs> yep, pretty much. And and yeah, that's the separation of... of that group elevated zero members of that group. I mean, yeah. at one point, Ruby Riot was a title contender. Um, I, I I like the idea of elevating, uh, in particular, Liv Morgan. Um, I think I thought when they first started out with because uh, Mandy Rose was at, at about the same time. Um, 
and they were, you know, talking about how gorgeous she was and everything. I was like, Liv Morgan's a photocopy only uh, has, you know, character has something more than just I'm sexy going for her. Um, so I, I, the problem is breaking them up didn't elevate anybody. Um, you know, when the Nation of Domination broke up, it elevated. Uh, it actually elevated both Farouk and The Rock. Um, it elevated uh, D'Lo Brown eventually. It elevated other people, you know, well, so. And, and I mean, the perfect, Sarah Logan was kind of the, the big loss in that because not, you know, not only did they have Liv Morgan go through this mediocre phase and then and then say, I'll be back and, and I'll be better and then disappear and, and all that. But like Sarah Logan just kind of went to nowhere and like, she has a gimmick that she could have gone being been with Eric and Ivar. Like, that's my point. And the Viking theme is her thing. Yeah, that's what she has a built-in storyline right there. All they had to do was embrace it. Put her with them. Um, it's it's like WWE has this phobia. Yeah, WWE has this phobia of ever having a faction that includes a girl in it again. Right? They're like, oh, we did that once with DX and. And we're never gonna do that again. Uh, it's fine. Like I would have no problem if Marina Shafir joined the Undisputed Era in NXT, and and then you make them because it gives you another level here. Now you can have them going after the world title, the U.S. title, the men's tags titles, and the women's title all at once, right? Add two women, and then you're after the women's tag titles. Yeah. Um, it is the same thing with every other every other faction that they have. Yo, know, Sanity in NXT had a woman in it. In Nikki Cross, it we mentioned her. Great, uh, she elevated that group, and that group elevated her. It was fantastic. Yeah. Uh, and then they brought uh, Sanity up and left Nikki Cross down in NXT for a bit, and then brought Nikki Cross up and kind of pretended like they didn't know each other, and and. And in reality, that hampered Nikki Cross for a long time. Now, I am super happy with Nikki Cross's current run and current character. She is a hoot, but but she floundered for like two years after her call-up because they didn't have anything for her, and they had something that they could have put her... Like, the reuniting of Sanity on the main roster could have been a storyline where, you know, Sanity was brought up to be this this uh, agent of chaos on the main roster and they just weren't working weren't working and then finally they get their sister back they get their crazy nikki cross back and now things work again and they run roughshod over the the divisions right that's a storyline you could have done and you just chose not to do it because for some reason or other you don't want to have a woman in a faction on the main roster um, yeah, and that's silly. It is. You're absolutely right. It's silly because, especially with factions like Sanity that are about cave, when there's a, a theme to the faction, which most factions have a theme, barring DX, you know, the, their theme was just well, like, and even they did originally, they were degenerates. Mm-hmm. Um, most factions have a theme, so women can't can't be a part of that theme, you know? Nope. Oh, oh, the women don't want to be the champions, you know, like. I don't, I don't, you tried the Seth Rollins, Becky palette up because they're actually together in real life and that didn't work, but you won't try what you know already worked. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I don't exactly. remember what the original crime was here. Um, it was them not knowing what to do with Liv Morgan and, and oh. that's still <laughs> a crime. It's, 
fire roll, then it's still a crime. Yeah, it's it's still 100% the crime, but it's indicative of all these other crimes here that, you know, I mean, they if they really wanted to tell a story right now, how great would it be to have Liv Morgan join uh, Monday Night Messiah, be the first female disciple in that group, right? Her, her uh, now, yes, it doesn't fit the current storyline they have telling of her being the, the face of this whole thing, but um, in reality... Well, oh, that could actually work out really well, though. You could have because... her ringside, yeah, and still be sitting at ringside just like the other two. Mm-hmm. And she's living That's her... not a bad play. Yeah, like that could... Well, oh my God, I hope they do that because that would be perfect because she keeps on saying that she's found this, she's living her best life, she, she's, uh, she, she, got, she got determination from her mom who didn't have much and so on. And then we can find out that the person that in fact taught her all these things was the Monday Night Messiah, Seth Rollins. And that's why she's now living her best life. This is perfect. Then if they did all that and that's what it became, I'd be down. But I feel like that's not it because uh, WWE clearly likes to disappoint us. Well, here's the no. deal. We have to present that as a bad idea because the only time that Vince actually does what we say on this show is when we say, God, I hope they don't. So geez, it would be the worst thing in the world if Liv Morgan joined uh, <laughs> Seth Rollins. Monday Night Messiah thing. Oh. It would be the most horrible thing ever. I think the fans would riot. So, so disrespectful to to Becky and it, oh, what a bad idea that is. What a horrible idea. I do retract with saying riot though just a little bit ago. Um, yeah, that was horrible. That was. Yeah. That well, back. you were talking about Ruby. Yeah, Not Ruby riot with two T's. That's it. Two T's. I, yeah. I wouldn't even do that. Just edit that out completely. <laughs> Nope, this is raw and unedited, except where I do edit it. Mm. <laughs> I like <laughs> uh, Moving on from that crime. Um... I really don't have any misdemeanors specifically for this week, although I think uh, there's one that probably DA Fabe is at least thinking about involving the interim cruiserweight championship uh, tournament. You did it wrong. <laughs> it's supposed to, it was supposed to be multi-man final, not multi-man semi-final thing. Um, I loved it. I loved every match. I, I am so involved in this tournament more than I've ever been in cruiserweight. And I am talking, including this, this includes the WCW era when there was, so one of the things I talked about on the review, um, there was a, an era in, in cruiserweight life in WCW when it was at its very best until now. And it was at its very best because it wasn't all Lucha Libre. And I, I'm not saying no Lucha Libre. I'm saying there's more than one style to little guys. Mm. Um, and that's what made WCW so great. And that's what makes this so great because Kushida is a submission specialist. If effectively, Kushida is the um, D Malenko of this era. Effectively, um, Drake Maverick and Tony Nese and some of those guys are the Chris Jericho of this era. So you have this going on 
And and it's like they, they are insisting that this final has to be a two-person final, number one. Number two, there's no heel. Where, give me a heel somewhere other than Tony Nese who went 0-3. Oh, okay. So if you're a heel, you don't win. Like, the, 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 the only problem they have right now in, in the cruiserweight division. So, yes, there's a misdemeanor bordering on... on it, it's several misdemeanors that make the whole thing maybe look like repeat offender felony. You know? Yeah. Uh, I, no, it just, I... It's so wrong. Yeah. <laughs> my, my big problem with it is this. Um, all reports have it that Drake Maverick, Rockstar Spud, is still fired. That WWE has no intention of signing him to a longer-term contract. That they are just using the popularity that they saw of his uh, promo, his video that he released on Twitter afterwards, on Instagram, wherever he posted originally. Um, they're using that to fuel this. Which I, I'm not even going to blame them for in this respect, because it is it's brilliant. It's, it is it's good fantastic. marketing. But the the thing is to have him win that triple threat and go on to the title and building this whole thing now as he's fighting for his job, it's starting to feel a little bit icky. Like, yeah, and I would agree with that. Um, like a little bit like, oh, they, they went too far. And I don't think, don't necessarily know they went too far, but I'm going to go out on the record right now and say, I think... And, you know, I, I may be wrong on this, but this is what my gut tells me their plans are right now. Because, once again, this is the interim Cruiserweight Championship. They uh, took the Cruiserweight Championship away from Jordan Devlin because he could not travel to the United States to f defend it. They're building a storyline with him, at least online, talking... I think he's going to be the heel, by the way. Uh, talking that he's going to come to take it back. He never lost it, yada, yada, yada. Um, and that's what I think they're going to do. They're going to build this storyline up. Uh, Drake Maverick is going to win the belt. Uh, he is going to become the interim cruiserweight champion and save his job. I'm using the air quotes here um, because he's got until mid-July on his no-compete. So they can use him for a month and a half longer, right? Uh, and I think they're just banking on by mid-July, Jordan Devlin will be able to travel again. Um and so, and if not, they'll they'll strip Drake Maverick of the title at that point, uh, some other way, right? But I think the plan is right now the, they're banking on put it on Drake Maverick as a transitional champion, allow him to parade around for a few weeks like he won his job and his job is safe, and then you have Jordan Devlin uh, come back and play the heel and beat him and take back his championship. And now Drake Maverick, since he's no longer champion, is out on the street. Um, yeah, and that's a, that's a. I would agree with. I mean, this this is the problem with firing people just for the sake of firing people. When you never gave a guy a shot mm -hmm. um, to put together. I mean, let's be real about this. Zack Ryder had one shot to really put together a good storyline, and he did it successfully, and it was good. Heath, um, Heath uh, Miller, Heath uh, Slater, or Miller, however you want to see him, um, had one shot, had two shots, really. He had the Rhino storyline, he had I Have Kids. Um, the I Have Kids was by himself, and then that merged into the Rhino story. And he did good. And it was good. It was really good. And 
and and they they so much so with Heath Slater that they actually featured him like he was he was the centerpiece for a while of a storyline and Drake Maverick's getting his first shot and people are investing in it and it's as I said one of the most interesting storylines that I've ever seen in Cruiserweight um, and I'm more excited about Cruiserweight than I've ever been and and the guy plays a great heel and there's there's just as a miss they, they're doing a lot wrong it, it's amazing how exciting this is while they're doing a lot wrong um, I'm loving living in the moment I really am um, the pin the other night was fantastic um, his character as an ultimate opportunist is way cooler than Edge was as an ultimate opportunist because um, Edge was actually like big and you know hit a spear like Drake Maverick's just being in the right place at the right time right now and it's really cool um, and at the end of the day we all know what's going to happen mm-hmm. either Either they're going to sign him a contract and you're going to go, God, why didn't you do that for Anderson and Gallows? God, why didn't you do that for Heath Slater? God, why didn't you do that for all these other really great characters? Instead of giving me Seth Rollins um, for 30 minutes a week, um, you know, I mean, Seth Rollins is getting 140th of my television viewing time, of my wrestling television time. Um, 140th, like, like that's an hour of your work week dedicated to him if, if dedicated to to one thing that you that really when there's other things that are available that could be even more even more revenue producing you know um and not that i'm upset about seth rollins i just we see the same thing over and over and over again well no wonder these guys don't get a chance to you can tell the same damn storyline you've told in the past with a different character and and if you give them a little bit of freedom they put a different spin on it and it's really good it's really good i mean we've had plenty of times where people were fighting for their job before so but but um, never legitimately fighting for their job correct right it was always and, entirely kayfabe but you could have done a kayfabe version of that with with several we all knew that the revival wanted to go we all knew that ftr was gonna leave mm-hmm. so let the people leave that wanted to leave don't uh, this this business of uh, we all knew that that eventually matt cardona wanted to leave um there were there was enough people that wanted to leave and that's fine but the people who wanted to stay the the sarah logans who you never gave a shot on the indies in uh, on her on her own um the the anderson and gallows who literally this year won a tournament naming or in the last year won a tournament that named them the best tag team in the world um Granted, it was a Saudi show, so it doesn't really count. But um, those types of things, that's what makes this frustrating. And so I do agree with you because we're about to see a guy probably keep his job because he finally got a shot after they fired him. Mm-hmm. And once again, probably keep his job most likely only temporary. Very, so? very most likely. I don't think they have any intention of signing him long term. Um, but even if they do, you hit the point right on the head, right? Doesn't that just kind of shit on everyone else that they fired? You know, uh, especially you, Sarah Logan. Yeah, who's you fired doing the job. You fired or almost thirty wrestlers. Kurt Kurt Angle reportedly is working on a new deal. But once again, that's working on a new deal and and giving up a lot and yada yada yada. I mean, he's probably working on a more a legends deal than anything. 
But yeah. well, that's the deal is, is you, you've got almost 30 wrestlers that you let go. And, and one of them happened to uh, be able to leverage a few more matches out of it through savvy use of the internet, you could argue. I mean, some people say Drake Maverick knew exactly what he was doing when he posted that video. And, you know, I'm, maybe he did, maybe he didn't. That's Im- mm. immaterial in the long run. Um, WWE obviously spotted an opportunity with that um, and everything. So, so say they do give him his job, give him a job. Say they he wins the tournament, they give him a job, legitimately give him a job back. That's still over twenty other wrestlers that just got shit on and and didn't get a chance to quote unquote win their jobs back. Yeah. Right. Um, yeah. And and that's that's shitty no matter what. Um, yeah, this the other is a way goes, situation either way. Yeah. The other way goes, and he wins the tournament or loses the tournament, and now he's out of a job, eventually, one way and or another. And he's he's not going to get paid for the amount that he will elevate this, that he has already elevated this division. Again, mm-hmm. the last time I cared this much about cruiserweights, Dean Malenko was wrestling. And that and that's the deal is it's this this that's why I just say it just feels so icky, just just like slimy. Is no matter what way it ends up. To me, it's shitty, right? And I love Spud. And I love that they're giving him a chance to show off what he can do. But every time I watch one of his matches now, I just think, why didn't they let him do this two years ago? When they signed him originally, right? He came from TNA where he was actively wrestling. Yes, he wasn't the the independent scene rock star Spud that I love the most, but he was still actively wrestling. He gave TNT, not TNT, TNA. He gave TNA. I think it was was Impact at the time. He went through both. He was started in TNA. Yeah, he was with the But he, he gave them one of their best matches of all time. Arguably one of their best. Right in the hair versus hair match uh, versus EC3, another wrestler that you just shit on and let go, without ever giving him truly a chance to shine. Yeah, I mean, they pulled him up to the main roster to, to shit on him. Mm-hmm. Pretty much. <laughs> you made him a creepy guy who doesn't talk. That was it. And, and that's the deal. Is Rockstar Spud showed you the whole reason you signed him originally three years ago or whatever it was, two years ago, was because he showed you what he can do in the ring, and then you bring him in and you proceed to not let him do anything in the ring for two years. And then you fire him and he's able to convince you to let him wrestle a few times, which once again, all reports say that um, a lot of this depended on this, that, that creative had a storyline planned for him where they had a, a camera crew following him on his return to the ring he had pitched this to them they had this camera crew following him on his return to the ring it was a big deal and and while creative had this plan going for him uh corporate said let's fire him and so he's like wait i had i had this whole storyline we were building up we had a camera crew following me for my return to the ring um you know all of this stuff and they're like fine we'll let you we'll let you finish a few matches we'll let you finish this out right um and so, so after two years, you finally allowed him to wrestle, and he's showing you why you signed him in the first place, but why the fuck did it take you two fucking years? Yeah. Um, well, and and so think of all the times that they've pulled the plug on a storyline that, that you were excited about. Some of the people, some people recover, you know, some... Uh, 
a six foot eight, three hundred and eighty pound man recovered. Braun should have been champion though two years ago. Mm-hmm. Yep. In fact, I was more invested in it then than I am at all now. Um, you know, and and you pulled the plug on um, oh, the riot squad. You pulled the plug on um, sanity. Sanity. You pulled the. I mean, we've talked about all the different times that they pulled the plug on somebody, but this one is somebody they fired without ever putting the plug in. Like, yeah. like you didn't. Even plug they didn't in. pull the plug on him. They never plugged him in in the first place. And when they plugged him in, he's incredible. He gets more investment into a, a, an entire division. Like he's elevated an entire division. This dude has done more for cruiserweight right now than John Cena did to carry the company through three or four, five, six years when it was who down. Who are we talking about right now? Spud. Greg Maverick. Maverick. Oh, right. yeah. But again, like you mentioned, though, it's too little too late because he only kind of started doing this when he got, well, not necessarily when he got fired. We really saw him push, push and push. It's maybe been the last month maybe before legitimately they're about to have two guys that battle for the title that have a total combined wwe record or combined nxt record i should say of five wins two losses those are the guys that are battling for the title right now Uh, snap five wins two losses now Drake, I think, may have had a tag team or a, a, a three-in-one match when he was, and, and I think he had a couple matches when he was the 205 Live general manager. I think he he did um, a three-on-three match with uh, with AOP. Um, so you know, maybe he's maybe instead of three-in-one, he's six-and-two or something like that. But even then, I mean, you cannot get to ten wins between these two combined wrestlers in WWE's environment. And that is terrifying. I still don't even get why he was like the manager of 205. Um, it just looked weird as that it kind of... It should have been him being the the heel manager. Like, he was built for it. That's what I thought they were going to do. I think, Smarks, you were the same way. You were like, oh, he can play heel. Oh, well, yeah, because that, that original thing, the very first thing he did um, in uh, 205 Live was put together a number one contenders tournament, right? And we were convinced that what was going to happen in the end was he was going to put himself in the finals match and win it and win the, the number one contenders. I think maybe even it was the for the, tur- for the belt because this was right after... Um, uh, the whole Enzo thing, I think. Yeah. Anyways, so um, so here here's here's his entirety of WWE matches, right? Because you mentioned that, I decided I had to look it up. So um, his first match was a NXT North American Title Number One Contender Halloween Costume Battle Royal. <laughs> uh, yeah, which um, which is actually kind of fun to to see the. There's actually a fairly uh, large number of people who've gone on to bigger things since then, but also a number of people who got fired recently out of it. Anyway, (laughs) um, uh, then he was on Raw in a three-on-two handicap match because he was the manager of AOP, AOP. right? Okay. 
Um, so that's so the, two matches. One of those is a loss. That's one and one, I think. Yep, one and one. He was okay. in a uh, Raw Tag Team Title three-on-two handicap match uh, that he lost against Bobby Roode and Chad Gable. Right. So one and two now. So now one and two. We're discounting the 24-7 title matches because those don't count. Those weren't actual matches. They were yep. just, he, he, yeah. I, and that was an okay storyline for him, but it didn't didn't give us a chance to really see him in the ring. You got to see him, his proficient ability to do roll-ups. He and R-Truth would be very disappointed. And, the, and that right there was his Also very entire... proficient in roll-ups. I'm going to point out that right there was the entirety of his matches in uh, 2018 for WWE. Wow. The entirety, right? Uh, then in 2019, he had an unsanctioned match versus Mike Kanellis, who's also been fired. Um, he had a... That. He won that one, so that's okay. two and one Two and now. two. Two and two, 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 right? Uh, he lost to uh, R-Truth at a live show, house show. Was that 24-7? No. Well, it doesn't say specifically, so I, I don't know, but normally they have those marked, so... Two and three. Uh, He had a dark match where he lost to Apollo Crews at a SmackDown. But once again, dark match doesn't officially count, but we can put it in the things if you want. Uh, WWE United States title number one contendership 20-man battle royal. Uh, And I'm not including the battle royals and stuff like that. Yep. Um, Because he didn't win, obviously. Um, House Show lost to R-Truth. Two and four. Um, uh, House Show lost Five. in a triple threat tag match. Um, teaming Two. with Shelton Benjamin. Lost to the Street Profits. Uh, Cedric Alexander and R-Truth were also in it. Two um, six. Lost at a House Show to R-Truth. Two and seven. Lost at another House Show to R-Truth. Two and eight. Lost in a dark match, uh, teaming with Drew Gulak against Lucha House Party. Two and nine. Wow. Right? And so that was um, that was February of 2020. All of the previous ones was his entirety of 2019. Now we're in 2020, right? That was February 14th. That was dark match on Valentine's Day. Uh, then his next match was not until the NXT Cruiserweight title tournament, Group A. Where he lost to Jake Atlas, and then so we have seven combined wins between Phantasma and Drake Maverick, and their record combined is seven and ten, and they're competing for the NXT Cruiserweight Championship. Yeah. Wow. Um, and and here's the deal: is like once again, we we can argue about that all we want. This is this is still professional wrestling. Um, and uh, AEW uh, likes to tout that wins and losses matter, but in reality, they don't. No, because um, Brian Cage is about to compete for world championship. Yeah, and he's had one official match, uh, solo match, and a ladder battle royal, a ladder royal. Ladder royale. Yeah. Um, but... Uh, it's royale of all battles. But, but so in the end... Um, He's putting on some of the best matches that that WWE has ever allowed him to put on, and I I want to stress that a Absolutely. ton. Allowed him to put on because he's showing what he could have been putting on the entire last two years that they had them 
that they had him, and they didn't allow him to do it. They just never did. Um, and I think so much of that is just indicative of Vince McMahon's uh, little guy hatred, you know? Because he, he, he's he's little even compared to a lot of the cruiserweights. We're not going to lie there, right? Yeah, he absolutely is small compared to the others. But but that's still that's part of the storyline, this overcoming. Or even when he's the heel, the, the little guy chicken shit heel, right? And so what do you do with Akira Tozawa, who's had 74 wins and three losses? Because this might be a little old, but because he's definitely had more losses now. Uh, 74 wins and three losses? You make him lose to Fantasma. To a guy who's been around for three matches. Three. For a guy who's been around for three matches. Who doesn't have a storyline? I'm guessing, it, this is my gamble, that Fantasma is the one leading the um, Lucha abduction group. So I'm guessing he's a heel in the long run. Um, but uh, I don't, I mean, you, how do you put him? I just don't see how you put him in the, like, how you have him beat Tazawa blows my mind. He can be a heel and not even be in that title match. Like, he can come out and ruin that title match right. with his with his gang of luchas, you know? Mm-hmm. But anyways, we could talk forever about Drake Maverick, um, Rockstar just, Spud. It just, it leaves a bad a taste in my mouth. For something that's gone so incredibly well, for something that's brought, I mean, they've done so very, very well, but the mistakes were so incredibly glaring and visible. Um, it's not, it's not a bandaid. It's a gaping wound right now on some of their mistakes with the cruiserweight division. Yeah. Um, and yet they still put on an incredible show, you know? Um, yeah. And I'll leave it at that, I guess. I do well, want to give a commendation, though. Well, okay, we'll move on to commendations in just a bit. I want to give uh, JLB a chance if he has any misdemeanors. And and then I've got something that fits kind of in misdemeanors that I wanted to go over before we move to commendation. JLB, you got any misdemeanors? Um, honestly, I just got to give... Uh, I felt like I've given this guy accommodation so many times. But I got to give an accommodation uh, right back to Kevin Owens once again. Because I find... You know, first of all, just him being back from Mania, coming back off the injury. The KO shows have been fantastic. Um, obviously, he's a funny dude, so that works perfectly. Like the whole little flare uh, feather uh, little funny thing on Raw. So just a combination to Kevin Owens. Nothing crazy. I wanted to keep it positive since I was uh, trashing the live Morgan one for my actual crime. Uh, I, I, ju- I just have to laugh how I went on a on a whole thing about how we weren't going to move to commendations yet because I wanted to finish misdemeanors. And then JLB just shits on me and says, uh, here's a commendation. So, <laughs> so um, I'm going to issue a misdemeanor to JLB <laughs> for not listening to Smarts. But so uh, before... Before we officially move on to commendations, I am just going to read you a few quotes from Old Man Yells at Clouds. Um, (laughs) For those who uh, aren't familiar, that is Jim Cornette. Um, So uh, on, um, let's see, on the um, uh, event of Double or Nothing and specifically the Stadium Stampede match, Uh, He said, and I quote, I almost wanted to apologize to Vince Russo for saying that he produced the worst wrestling I've ever heard or seen after seeing this fucking thing. 
It was the worst aspects of Money in the Bank without WWE's production talent or budget. He went on to say, I will never watch this fucking shit again. Fuck all you people. I'm ashamed of Matt Hardy. I'm ashamed of Tony Schiavone. I'm ashamed of Jim Ross for not walking out on this. I'm ashamed of everyone involved in it. It's the last time I'll be fucking watching this horse shit. And Tony Khan can take his sports-based presentation and shove it up his fucking ass. They're all fucking morons for doing this. We're not getting monetized for this, by the way. Well, they're all fucking morons for doing this. I'm disappointed in all of them. I don't want to see them personally again because I'd have to tell them. I don't want to see them professionally again because I don't want to see anyone involved in this ever again. If this is what wrestling is now, it needs to die. Leave it alone and let it go. You can't bring it back. and You just get a fucking piss on the fucking rotting corpse. Let it go. Find something else to do with your fucking lives like I have because I'm too embarrassed to be involved with these people in this industry because of shit like this. When asked about Jim Ross hurting his legacy, he said, let's face it, you know Jim Ross knows. I haven't talked to him about this, probably won't talk to him for a while after this, but he knows this is garbage. There's two ways to look at it. He signed to do a job, so he's going to do the fucking job, and he's not going to fucking come out and bury the shit on air. That's being professional. Or there's being professional enough to go, you know what, I'm not going to ruin my, ruin my goddamn legacy by standing on this as the greatest announcer of the modern era by being remembered for calling this fucking horse dribble. And he should go home and fucking apply his many talents to doing his own thing instead of fucking letting these people drag him into the goddamn cesspool. <laughs> I, can't be- I can't believe you let, first of all, Jim Cornette demonetize you. I don't know how you let... A guy yelling at clouds do such a thing. But honestly, like, Cornette, like, really, though? Like, you even have to admit that this was better than the money in the bank. Like, come on now. He he doesn't got to do anything, apparently. Come on now. Like, even if you take out all the entertainment aspects and you literally just focus on the wrestling aspects of each match... And the st- stampede match was still better. Come I on, would, I would 100% Take your agree. Your ass. Yeah. Like um, hardcore. At this point, it's just funny to me. It really is just funny how he he just blows his absolute shit over over all of this stuff, even though everyone else in the entire industry thought it was great. Every, even Meltzer thought it was great. In terms of a more than more than four person, more than four wrestler cinematic match, it is the best more than four wrestler cinematic match of all time. Granted, there's only been four cinematic matches of time, but he didn't technically rate it though, right? He said he we couldn't rate it because it wasn't technically a match or something. I don't think he gave it a rating, um, but he he loved give the Firefly Funhouse a a rating. That I don't know. Well, look up. I mean, because that was the least technical match of all the matches. Yep, this is very true. I would and imagine he did the best cinematic match of all time. I, w- I would say the best cinematic match of all time. I would say the most entertaining segment of all time. I don't, I don't, you can't call it a match. You really can't. Wait, you're talking about the fun house? The stampede? Yes. Fun house. So, so Dave Meltzer officially said on the uh, stadium stampede match, this match is not rated. I enjoyed the match, but I'm not rating cinematic matches because they're so heavily edited. Um, well, that's true. And oh, and the thing is, I get it. I don't have a problem with them not rating it, right? All right? No problem whatsoever on it. But the important thing is the fact that he said, I enjoyed it, um, is is important there. Uh, 
And that's pretty cool of him to even say though. Like, look, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna rate it because there's so much editing. So in reality, I'm just rating something that you edited, which would be pointless. Well on, on our reviews, I mean I I refuse to to rate segments that aren't matches, you know? Like so I get it. Mm-hmm. He uh, also did not give rating to the cinematic money in the bank uh, ladder matches, you know, because they were cinematic and all that. So he's he's sticking to his words so far on that. I'm I'm on the WrestleMania just to be certain. Um, did he mention uh, if he enjoyed? It? <laughs> well, I gotta find a different site to do it because that site uh, had everything not rated, um, and so. So you're finding out if Cornette gave a rating to the to the WrestleMania matches, correct? No, this is Meltzer. This is. I thought I thought Cornette was the one who said it was. Cor- crap. Cornette said everything was crap. I'm pointing out that everyone else, including Meltzer, loved it. Right. Oh yeah. Active listening, Vincent K. Fabe. Active listening. Really? Yep. I know. Happen? Did this <laughs> just happen? <laughs> you yeah, know so, what? I'm the so perfect guy to do it. Meltzer. Uh, announced that because of how um, pre-recorded and heavily edited all of the matches at WrestleMania were, he gave none of them star ratings. But he uh-huh. did say he enjoyed lots of them. So, so that's that's important, you know. He, he stuck to his words about this editing. He decided at WrestleMania that, you know, with these editing, I'm not going to give them star ratings. And, and here's the deal. I get it, because here you can easily put together a six-star match if you take out every bad move, you know? Yeah. Um, if if you film a two-hour-long uh, segment of them wrestling and then you go and you take out every bad move and it's just nothing but high spots, it's going to look like a six-star match. I get it. So You so, give me Kenny Omega versus Suzuchka Okada in a cinematic match? Mm-hmm. Done. I'm fried. Yeah. It's the end of the world. It's perfect. So that's why, you know, I just wanted to, to read Jim Cornette's... I, to me, it's now funny, right? It's it's not even uh, to the point where where I'm angry at him for this. I just I just laugh because he's someone who who has decided that this is the hill he wants to die on, and and he obviously wants to be on the wrong side of history on this. And so, you know, I think it's just funny how. Like, if you don't like it, that's fine. I've said this to a, a couple dozen people on Twitter. You know, they say how they don't like this or that about AEW. And I say, fine, there's the door, right? You don't have to watch it. That's the joy of professional wrestling. Like what you like, don't be a dick. That's actually a uh, Brian Zane trademark, so please don't sue me, Brian Zane. Um, uh, <laughs> Nothing. Brian Zane's wonderful. Hey. Nothing that you technically said. What was that other thing that I thought was yours? Oh, the, how are you? That's not yours. Like what you like, don't be a dick. You got to be a little bit more creative. The only place you get really creative is where you can buy our shirts. That's spreadshirt. Uh, yeah. Say Stop, the link. Shop.spreadshirt.com slash Ron order WBU. No, I, I like to pay homage to people who say good stuff. Now, the difference is uh, Conrad Thompson, as far as I know, has never trademarked uh uh, what's going on, man? How are you? Um, but Brian Zane legitimately has shirts that say, like what you like, don't be a dick. Um, he also has shirts that say Dick Kick City, which I really want to buy one. Um, so if you don't want to support us at shop.spreadshirt.com slash WBU, I get it. Go support Brian Zane at Wrestling With Regrets store. 
because Brian Zane is awesome, and um, I really, really enjoy his stuff. Anyways, we will move on to commendations, and since uh, JLB already did his, it's just the other two of us to deal with. So I will go ahead and go first. My big, uh, big commendation is uh, Alexa Bliss. I am commending her. I'm giving her a round of applause for how she handled a certain uh, YouTube wrestling reviewer. I'm not even going to say his name. If you follow Twitter, if you followed what happened on Twitter, you know who it is. I'm not going to give him any publicity. I'm not going to say his name. I'm not going to send anyone to his website or his YouTube channel to listen to what he said. I'll tell you what he said. Um, He's got uh, over 116,000 subscribers on YouTube and 30,000 followers on Twitter, right? So he's got a substantial uh, group of followers. Uh, This guy, uh, when talking about Alexa Bliss... Uh, said uh, as part of the tag team champion said she does nothing she does nothing she just I guarantee you she's one of those women that just lays there and just takes it nothing she does nothing can you imagine being in bed with Alexa Bliss man and she performs the same way she does in the ring awful all look and no substance whatsoever um and that's just an awful thing to say just in general like if you want to criticize her in-ring ability that's fine right it's it's fair game because she's a performer and that's what she does and I I will I will fight you on it because I think a she's one of the most improved uh, female in ring performers in all of WWE over the past five years. Um, she's obviously very entertaining. She is also very good on the mic um, and all that stuff. But where you where you cross the line is when you start attacking her personal life start attacking what she what she is in in reality right because those things don't have to mix in any way shape or you can talk about her wrestling all you want but when you start making it a personal attack that's where you go overboard this is why i want to commend her her response is uh and i quote he's been blocked forever on my end he's just one of those people who talks crap behind a microphone while waiting in line for pictures at wwe access nah uh and then the rest of the wrestling community as a whole rallied behind her. Not just WWE people, but WWE people are most of the quotes that I have in front of me. Um, but but uh, like um, uh, Sonya Deville said, I hope I run into him in a dark alley sometime, which really I, w- I would pay to see that. Um, uh, Paige said, "Here's the problem is right here. He's one of the problems. Cyberbullying is not okay. And to this extent, too, what a disgrace. I'm assuming he's supposed to be a reporter of some sorts. Shame on you. Your work is incredible, Alexa Bliss. Pay no mind to his ignorance like this. Uh, mm. Braun Strowman says, this sad-ass Mark talking like he even knows what it's like to share a bed with a woman. He should probably just stick to talking on YouTube. Um, so uh, my response to that is, can I imagine if she's like that in bed? I probably oh. have. I'm just going to say, I probably have, and I'm still okay with it. Um, number one. Number two, she's great in the ring. The, she actually makes the Twisted Bliss, which is just a cross-body block, just a splash, look like an impactful move yeah, from a 104-pound person. Um, so 
lots of people, including this guy, are probably fantasizing about what she would be like in bed. Um, not this guy. That's not the two thumbs. This guy. I'm the the guy you're talking about. Um, probably trying to get a little <laughs> bit of attention. This is this is the the boy pulling the girl's hair in elementary school. I think. Um, yeah, what? he's a tool bag. I thought it was the push, the boy pulling the girl's hair. If they like the person, wasn't it just a push? I've never heard of the hair one. Either way, it's neither. It here must be there. an American thing, but that's that's immaterial to this exact. Uh, I, I I think he's got a crush. I think he knows he has no chance. I think he's a joke. Um, and I think he's I think he's uh, what's Brian say? Zane say something? Uh, gosh, something about not being a dick. Yeah. So <laughs> don't be a dick. Yeah, so, no, for sure. So. In in the end, he has later come out and given the typical, um, you know, look what your fans have been doing. My my parents have been getting death threats because of this. Um, and you know, I'm gonna say it's it's not okay to to death threat the parents, right? Um, uh, he well, is fair game because he's the one who said it. Well, not but, death. But uh, but you know, I mean, in the end. Freedom right, of speech does not say freedom from repercussion, right? Just live with his parents or something? Um, he, I don't know, he might. He's, Why is his parents getting death threats? That doesn't make any sense. Don't, be, don't because this is the internet. Him. Just don't listen to him. Yeah. Don't this this him is the internet. Pe- people, people will take the, and I, I'm, you know, I'm sure his parents did get calls. Doxing is a real thing. People look up the, the real information about people and 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 go but here's the deal right once again freedom of speech does not mean freedom from repercussions right um where's that from because i know that's not yours um, (laughs) i i don't know if uh i heard someone else say it i've been saying it for a very long time because it's (laughs) a very very important truth about freedom of speech in america is you can say what you want right but other people have the rights to react to it how they want to you can't control someone's reaction to something and you cannot control how you end up uh either paying for it or benefiting from it right Mm -hmm. so so it's it's totally your right to walk uh out your front door and say whatever you want right but it's also totally within someone else's rights to ignore you um it's totally within the rights of a business to fire you for what you're saying it's totally within the rights of of uh people in certain positions to to not hire you or you know it's you're not free from repercussions if you want to spout hate speech right that is your right to do um and and that's fine but it's also my right to hate you it's my right to uh, do what I can to make sure you don't benefit from it. And that's what this comes down to is he wanted to get up there and and be a shock jock and, and spew some hate, um, even mild hate like this, right? And now he's seeing the negative benefit from it, right? It, he deserves whatever he gets. His parents don't, but he deserves it. Where would the positive benefit be from that anyways? This is like a whole cornet uh, baby situation with um, with Becky, you know. Well, what I, yeah, you, you say maybe that, not as extreme. But uh, once, once again, he's got a hundred and sixteen thousand followers on YouTube, right? And this isn't the first time he said shit like this. This is just oh, the latest okay. of it, right? So people follow this, and 
to use a phrase in in the real world, uh, there's a group of guys called incels for the most part. I don't know if you're familiar with the incel movement, but the incel movement uh, stands for involuntarily celibate, right? And the whole concept behind it is that women uh, are are imposing their will on them and and uh, holding them back from their freedom, right? And it's it's really just just men being being little tools, little boys, right? I'm Not, so you know, joining this group. Um, <laughs> it, you you can you can join it all you want, if, you know. But yeah, exactly. So it, it's so it's a group that thinks women don't want anything. Women to are oppressing them, them yeah. because they can't because they can't get laid. Oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, incel, the term involuntary celibate, refers to self-identifying members of an online subculture based around the inability to find a romantic or sexual partner despite desiring one, a state they describe as inceldom or incelibacy. Uh, wow. <laughs> members of the community reg- regularly use jar- uh, jargon and a distinct dialect. Incels often use dehumanizing terms for women, such as femoids. Uh, which they sometimes shorten to foids or roasties. They refer to attractive, sexually active women as Stacey's, less attractive, sexually women, sexually active women as Becky's, and attractive, sexually active men as Chad's. Uh, members of the incel community use many variations of the term incel to refer to subgroup in the community, such as volcels, voluntarily celibate, someone who chooses to forego sexual intercourse. Um, Marcels, married. Near cells, those who are considered nearly incel. Uh, high cells, those who have two highest standards and are very picky with dating, so on and so forth. But there are there's another category for me then. They're, basically, their whole thing is that uh, that women are oppressing them by not having sex with them. Isn't that typically anyone who's married, though? Well, that's that's why why the <laughs> mare cells or whatever it was is it. But but it's it's really all about it's misogynism. It's it's yeah. I can't get laid because I'm evil women. Owed. It's really it's it's almost an entitlement thing. Like mm-hmm. I'm owed sex of some yeah. type. That's they're the same type of people you. I'm sure you've seen cringy posts on on Twitter or Facebook of. Vegas, like there's, there's, you can go see a prostitute, dude, in Vegas, not not in Vegas, outside Clark County in Nevada. But, but I'm sure you've seen these posts where it's like, it's, um, someone on Tinder or something like that. And the guy hits on the girl, um, sends her messages or whatever. And, and then the girl lets, lets them down fairly nicely. And then they immediately attack like you fucking bitch, you know, you're ugly anyways, all of that. That's the incel community in a nutshell, right? Uh, they think they're owed sex and owed uh, women serving them. And and frankly, I'm sure a lot of this guy's followers, and once again, I'm not going to name him. I don't care if you look him up or whatever, but I'm not going to give him uh, the time of day. Um, I'm not... I don't want him to get a single view out of hearing this. And I know we don't have a huge reach, but there's probably at least one or two people out there listening to this who had no idea about this. But I'm going to tell you right now, don't go look it up. There's better things to do with your time. Don't give him the time of day. 
right? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, but I'm sure a lot of his followers are incels. I wouldn't be surprised if he's an incel. He's 40 years old, and as far as I can tell, might as well live with his mom. And the thing is, that's not a bad thing. I had to live with my parents for a while when I was in my 20s because life sucks sometimes. But life here's happens. the deal. is That was my fault. That wasn't some woman holding me down. Right. Interestingly enough, in the next five to ten years, I'll be living with my parents, but that's because they'll be moving in with me, and I'll be in my 40s. So... Yep. And here's the... Like I say, there's, there's absolutely nothing wrong with it in, in the respect... I mean, not living with your parents in your 40s and 50s is actually a relatively recent trend in the world, right? Yeah. Um, there's still yeah, lots of places... Frequently, at, at, at my age, what I'm doing is... is was frequently done historically that well, the parents would move in with the children to be taken care of in their senior years. And well, also it, to a lot of European families, a lot of people don't, a lot of men don't leave their parents' place until they get married. Yeah. Women, so, women often don't either. And, and, and there are still a lot of cultures in the world, like uh, in India, the culture is that um the stay house with your family altogether you stay with your family altogether right the house is is your house the the son raises when the, they get married the woman moves in with the family uh at the house and they take over that and that's it's fine. actually the cultural difference in in a lot of the the covid impact um that happened like in, in northern italy um it was because so many of those families were were still they're so close-knit and they they live together and things like that so yeah i yeah nothing wrong with that but there is something wrong with with being a douche tool to alexa bliss just to get shock jock and i think that's really what it was i think it was an attempt at shock jock mm-hmm. um, now along the same lines i have to say if you are one of the followers of this guy one of the his hundred and fifteen thousand subscribers his thirty thousand twitter followers um and you are defending what he said stop listening to our podcast yeah you can stop listening to this unfollow me i don't want you if that if this is what you defend right yeah i don't care get, but if you want to make a joke about this guy and say hey I, and again, I would not be upset at all if Alexa Bliss just laid there and voluntarily said yes. But that's never going to happen for me. So I, I got to be honest, probably 50% of the men out there in this country uh, would just lay there if they could, right? <laughs> Amen. Uh, Frank, frankly, it can be a lot of work sometimes, and it would be a lot easier if just laying there was the option. Um, Absolutely. More power to you if you can get away with that. <laughs> more power to you, right? All right. So on anyway. a less creepy commendation. Freaking creepers. Uh, <laughs> I'm okay with it. <laughs> uh, Marina Shafir. For being the best wrestling fan on television. The way she got into the yes chance on SmackDown was incredible. And if you didn't notice it, you need to go back and watch because she was into it. She was all sorts of yes chance. She was so very active it, throughout. Oh, the she was about it. <laughs> so props to her because that was awesome. Yeah, that's, no, that's, that's my commendation. Yeah, that's that's kind of the a part of a bigger commendation of 
uh, giving WWE commentation just in general for finally realizing how much of a difference having even just some wrestlers in the crowd around cheering can make to these closed arena shows, right? But there's been a lot of limp fan from WWE, and God bless her for not being a limp fan while she was well, doing it. That's fine, but this is still, they're still figuring it out because this is all the first week that they did that. Right. They're just still figuring it out. But the simple fact is every one of their shows this week was better for having those wrestlers in the crowd. AEW figured it out a while ago. WWE might technically be even doing it better right now because A, they have more people in the crowd. B, I think they're miking the crowd uh, because it's. I don't think WWE is. I think AEW is putting more noise out by their fans. Yo, comparing the noise levels between the two, uh, it's it's 100%. There's more noise coming in WWE crowds. Um, Now, yes, there's more people. And small venue might play into it, but there's also more people. Um, which can play into it, but uh, it, I can I can recognize almost every voice I hear on AEW, 100% as someone in the crowd, and, and in WWE and I true. can't, I cannot, and that's why I I think they're miking them um, to make it louder. Well, uh, no, maybe piping they some have, in. They they have to be miking it because it's they're surrounded by plexiglass, right? Now I know it's not soundproof glass and whatever have you, but the sound vibrations and so on would still be a tad different. Um, so I imagine there definitely is a miking system there for sure. Am, well, am I the only be... one who feels like they're in a hockey game though? Every time I see that <laughs> plexiglass, you're talking to a Canadian here. I love I, it. I see the plexiglass. I just, I, I and... need to see someone body checked into the boards during one of these matches. I I uh, it happened. Just, it happened, it happened in the in, in the women's uh, tag match. Um, shot uh, not Shotzi. Uh, Io accidentally knocked Rhea Ripley into it. She got checked into the boards by accident by her own teammate. By the way, since I do a misdemeanor, I will just do a quick little misdemeanor, if you don't mind. And it's just God. simply uh, Nia Tex. Is, is, this, is this the way the Royal Canadian Mounted Police uh, do things when it comes to formula, right? Just, oh, you've got a whole schedule for things? F your schedule. I'm going to say misdemeanors in the middle of commendations and commendations <laughs> in the middle of misdemeanor. Next, uh, well, next, next week he's... Cookie Grumbles. Next week he's going to try and do... Uh, do a a AEW uh, Impact and uh, ROH in the middle of WBU. Yeah, give me ideas. <laughs> be like, welcome to the Raw Report this week on Impact Wrestling. <laughs> I'm gonna lay it to smack it down while flipping through a little NXT. <laughs> yeah, um, you you can just say Nia Jax. We know she hurts people. Yeah, well, she she did lead to the buckle bomb being officially uh, banned in WWE. Um, oh snap! I didn't. Yep. Yep. That that's been officially. Well, I say officially announced. They don't ever announce this, but the reports have it that officially it is now no longer uh, a viable move. They're not going to allow people to do it. And, you know, we can have this argument back and forth about, you know, if a, if a safe wrestler does it, it's fine, yada, yada, yada. Um, but in reality, enough people have been hurt by it that, you know, maybe it's time for it to take a little bit of a break. It, it could be just overuse that too many people are using it. 
It could be that people like Nia Jax are using it, and Nia Jax uh, needs more training on almost everything she does. She but... better not win the championship, though. I swear to God, she better not, because they're pushing her so hard, and they're making her like this monster, and so on, and whatever have you. And we just already knew she was going to win that triple threat match on, on Raw, and oh, like, she can't win. She can't but, win, right? But well, she she might. I mean, here's the deal: is in in the end, we've said this for almost a year now. Heel champions work better than face champions for long term storyline. And right now, uh, they've had a face champion for a year plus, right? Um, and then they give they hand that face championship that championship to another former heel suddenly faced, right? Right. Um, and so I could totally see them giving it to Nia Jax as a heel character and letting her be the monster that it takes someone time to build up the momentum to beat her. Um, what it, you could have done, because Natalia is bound to be heel, right? With all her temper tantrums and then where they're kind of going with her, I feel like she's about to turn. You could have easily just let her turn heel and let her get the opportunity, damn it, because if anyone deserves it, it would be Natalia. Oh my gosh, I'm not even going to be on this call. Smarks, go for it. I'm going to go ahead and hang up, just so you can just whip him up one side and down the other. I I, I will I will be nice about this, because I have promised to not go too hard on Natalia, but I am, I am 100% out on Natalia uh, being the champion for any reason right now until she can learn how to put on a sharpshooter correctly. Um, <laughs> so she gets rid of the stupid kitten ears. Ugh. Well, she's God. going because she's going to turn heel, right? I, I'm not the only one crazy person seeing that. No, they are I, I think they're going to definitely do something. I think, to be perfectly honest, if, whether it's a heel turn or not, I'm not 100% convinced on, but it's definitely going to be a character change. Um, I'm hoping it also comes with new ring gear because her uh, BDSM gimp uh, ring gear is getting a little old. Um, but uh, but that being said, I like I said, I'm I'm just out on her until she learns how to put on a sharpshooter correctly. It it bugs me to no end that the one person currently wrestling today who has a a legitimate claim to the sharpshooter doesn't know how to put it on correctly. Maybe it's not her fault. I don't Maybe it's care. I don't care whose whose fault it is, right? I've watched Bret Hart put it on a hundred billion times. I watched Sting put it on a hundred billion times. I've watched uh, The Rock put it on a hundred billion times, and all three of them put it on right. And then freaking Natalia comes along and can't figure out how to put it on right, and doesn't ever do it. She grabs the wrong foot in the wrong way every damn time. Do you dare so, me to? Brett and ask her to teach Natalia how to do a sharpshooter. Go ahead, do it. <laughs> you can you can even uh, try booking a cameo uh, for him, so he does it on video, and we can get the audio for for the podcast. <laughs> um, I, uh, I I I would like I uh, I would like to to give a commendation to JLB in a uh, tort crime. I'm not even going to go with a misdemeanor to uh, Smark's wife for. Uh, JLB for getting Smarks to say uh, S&M Gimp again. <laughs> I'm so happy right now. 
<laughs> and Smark's wife gets the tort crime for um, making it making me wait six months since the last time I got to hear him talk about an S&M gimp. <laughs> I'm so happy. Oh my gosh, we can end this show and I can go to bed with a smile on my face from ear to ear. Well, we're going to end the show. Months ago. <laughs> I, I called a moratorium on talking about Natalia because I <laughs> I went a little, little over the edge uh, a couple weeks in a row on her and... Uh, and this I'm is still, smarts. Yeah, and my wife up. thought I was being mean, and she was right, so I called a moratorium on it. But I'm still all out on it until she can do the sharpshooter crank. But we're all we're gonna end the show here uh, pretty quickly here. I did want to throw out one final commendation though, and it's for AEW for uh, recognizing that Jum- Jungle Boy is the right call for to be the first number one contender for the TNT title. Um, yeah, elevating another guy. That's awesome. That that is absolutely brilliant. That shows how much faith they have in Jungle Boy. Even if he doesn't win, this is putting him immediately uh, up to the upper mid card, the the uh, on the cusp of main event sort of status. Uh, I suspect that Cody will probably have a couple, uh, you know, at the very least a month or two of victories, defenses before they have him lose it. But here's the deal. Whoever he ends up losing it to is immediately catapulted uh, up there in in ranks. And and I suspect my, my hopes are is that they slowly use this to turn Cody heel. And then you can have the rematch of Darby Allen versus Cody um, where Darby Allen wins it as the triumphant face um, doing it. Although someone did someone did tweet out something uh great i'm trying to remember who it was but they said what what i really want to see is uh sting to show up in aew with uh the short blonde hair and him to take cody under his wing and uh teach him how to be uh uh the real franchise the real icon in aew and give him the face paint because uh cody with his bleach blonde short spiky hair putting on the face paint would be awesome to me so but that is all we have for commendations and this is all we have for time not like we actually had a timer clicking down saying uh get done but we've been talking for two hours now and with editing it's still going to be a pretty long uh wbu so we are going to draw this to a close um, I always say like, share, and subscribe. That's very important. The more people who do that, uh, the more listens we get, the better off we can be in the long run. Um, all of the algorithms online are based on likes, shares, and subscribes. So when you like this podcast on whatever platform or subscribe to it on whatever platform, it helps us. It shows us to more people. When you share it on Twitter or Facebook or Instagram or wherever, share an episode, it gets that algorithm. We get in front of more people. Um, you know, so those are great ways to help us out. Take very little time. Tweet out a link to one of our episodes. Great. Um, follow us on Twitter. You can follow me at Raw and Order WBU, just like the name of the podcast. You can follow DA Fabe at DA Vincent K Fabe. And JLB is available at 
JLB420. Real Talk Radio is the brand. That's at Real Talk Radio 8, anchor.fm slash RTR. Once again, we mentioned it earlier, shop.spreadshirt.com slash raw and order WBU is our merch store. Um, we've got, I just added a new uh, shirt to it this week uh, based on the following saying. You can find the link in the doobly-doos. Also in the pin tweet on uh, Twitter. You can also find our Wix site in the pin tweet or in the doobly-doos. And now we have a Patreon. So you can find that in the linked tweet or the doobly-doos for this podcast. You're you can go there. You can go there. You can uh, throw us a couple dollars a month. We've got multiple different tiers. Um, help us out uh, to make this better. And get access to great things like our personal Discord server, so you can talk directly to us through there. Um, the ability to listen to each episode with no commercials whatsoever, uh, all on there. The ability to vote for uh, classic wrestling reviews that we will be doing, uh, and then monthly Ask Me Anythings that we'll be doing. And in the end, uh, at a certain level, you'll even be able to come on this show yourself and uh, talk about your wrestling crimes of the week or classic wrestling crimes. Whatever you want to do, you'll be able to be on this. So head on over to patreon.com slash raw and order WBU to help us out there. But on that note, we will close the books on the wrestling booking unit and we will be back soon with some more episodes. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time. So can we, and you can edit this out if you want or you can leave it in. Can, can on the merch site can we get a uh, ball gag that says SM Kemp? <laughs> there are no ball gags on it, but there are masks. There you go. 